generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Amen. ID Supernatural. It's interesting that one of the major things that we can't seem to do without these days is our ID. So chances are that if you're watching this, you have some kind of ID card. In fact, tell me, how many ID cards do you have? Uh, do you have a passport? That's an ID card. Do you have a voter's card? That's an ID card. Do you have national insurance number with a card? Do you have your driver's license? That's a card. Do you have a committee card, an association card? In fact, you also have things like loyalty card. But thank God you don't have this card. No matter how many cards you have, God has promised he will not discard you. He said, nobody who comes to me will I in any wise cast away. So we have all these ID cards, identity cards that basically do one thing. What do these cards do for us? They give us access. That's the major thing. Of course, give us recognition. They help to show vital statistics and details like the color of your eye or your height or your maybe where you're from, state of origin, what you do. They have certain particulars or indicators around you or about you that if somebody was to look at that eye ID card, the person would know certain things about you. Why is that so? Because our identity encapsulates many things about us. Our identity can show us our capabilities, our functions, sometimes our potential, sometimes our network of things that we're connected to, our attributes. This is so important and instructive in that a believer that does not understand the power of his identity will not even know what he should do, what he can do what he should not do, what he should not do to fulfill the possibilities that he has. Identity is such a powerful thing that this day is one of the greatest crimes in the world is what people call identity theft. You've seen those movies before where somebody stole somebody's identity. Give me those names in the comment box. What movie have you seen? Where somebody stole somebody's identity Maybe does official makeover or steals their passports. <laughs> what they call Oriolori in some parts of the world, uh, in the Yoruba parts of the world, which actually means somebody's somebody else's head, where somebody else's face is stolen, and they can use that face to unlock things and to get nasty things done. Maybe you've experienced this a uh, personal. Let it. Let's bring it closer to home. Experience this personality where somebody said, "Oh, how come?" you sent me that kind of mail. Meanwhile, you didn't send the person that kind of mail. Somebody hacked your social media account or hacked your email address and then sent it in your name. Identity theft. It's not a new thing. The enemy has been fighting that for years. We see him doing the Garden of Eden, wherein he approaches Eve and says that God knows in the day that you eat of this tree, you will not die, but you will become wise. He is trying to steal the identity that God gave man, trying to confuse Eve into a place of vulnerability. We see him do this with so many people where he comes to Gideon and there's a conversation in Gideon's head saying, I'm the smallest, I'm the least, I'm the weakest. Never 
nevertheless God calls Gideon mighty man. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, this time, whatever time of the day it is in your part of the world, but I want to know something, that your identity is in Christ, that your identity is locked up with Christ. Come on, somebody say, my ID is in Christ. My ID is not in my blonde or brunette hair. My ID is not in my the height of my body or the weight of my biceps or, or the curves of my hips. My ID is in Christ. The enemy wants to confuse me into thinking that my identity is connected to my car. No, sir. My identity is connected to my phone. No, sir. My identity is connected to my achievements, my temperature, my temperament, my antecedents. But no, my identity is in Christ. Somebody say amen to that. We have to become that Christ conscious. In our text today, we find somebody who's called Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a, is a member of the Pharisaic board. He's one of those religious people who knew a lot about scriptural passages but couldn't recognize the word because they are two different things. It's one thing for you to be conversant with the written word. It's a totally different thing for you to mistake the identity of the living word. That the fact that you can memorize the written word does not mean you know the living word, let alone have an experience with the living word. He is growing. He's grown up as a Pharisee. He's been raised in the rabbinical or the Jewish order. He's been raised with the trappings of religion, yet he cannot even uh, fully understand what it is that the Bible passages were talking about. And could it be possible that those people who are watching me today who have a semblance of religiosity, you grew up in church, your auntie was a deacon, your uh, father was a lay reader, your mother was a reverend mother, that, or used to cook for the church uh, but could it be possible that there are gaps in your understanding of who you are in Christ whatever those gaps are today by the Holy Spirit they will be filled in the name of Jesus Nicodemus comes to Jesus and, and he says I we know that you're a teacher from God so his revelation was limited he didn't see Jesus as the savior of the world he sees Jesus as a teacher in the world. He says, you are a teacher come from God. He says, no one can do the signs. Watch this. No one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So watch this now. Nicodemus is saying, I acknowledge you as a teacher. That's short-sighted in the spirit because Jesus is not just the teacher. He is the word. He's not just the teacher. He's the curriculum. He's not just the teacher. He's the syllabus. He's not just the teacher. He's module one to module infinity. Come on. He's not just the teacher. Teacher is the megaphone, the microphone. He is not just the teacher. Oh, I feel the power of God all over the space. He's not just the teacher. He's the chalk. He's the whiteboard. He's the chalkboard. He's the cleaner. He's the eraser. Jesus at the center, not only at the center, the diameter, the core, the circumference, the arc. He's every part of the circle. He's a wheel within a wheel. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Can somebody help me celebrate Jesus right now? Where you are so I know that you were a teacher sent from God but that was short-sighted he said nobody can do the things that you do that's still short-sighted because Jesus is not just about doing Jesus is about being Jesus is not just about doing he's about being Jesus is not just about characteristics he's the character Jesus, and then it says nobody can do the signs. You see that now. But Jesus is not just a sign. He's a wonder. 
I and the true Lord has given me, we are for signs and for wonders. So this man, he says, Jesus as teacher, he says, Jesus as a doer, and he says, Jesus as a sign. Can I propose to you that this is still the same myopic or short-sighted perspective that even many professing believers have about Jesus today? So they see Jesus as a teacher, uh, which means that he's one of the teachers and I can find another teacher. But can I tell you something? Jesus is not just a teacher. He's the entire syllabus. Some people see Jesus as a doer. So if things are being done in their lives, if they're doing a lot of activities and doing a lot of things and doing a lot of this and the other, they feel like Jesus is with me. But do you know that some of the greatest moves of God in your life may not include any kind of elaborate activity? You remember the story when Elijah was frustrated, was fleeing, was in a dry place in his life. And the Bible says that there was this rushing wind, but God was not in the wind. That there was earthquakes and all of that. God was not there, but God was in a still, small voice. And he could even say, nobody can do those things except God be with him. In other words, because you are doing these things, I know that God is with you. But can I propose to you that God can be with you and it looks like nothing is happening yet in your life. Number three, he sees signs. And in our identity, what happens to us is that many of us, we have shortchanged ourselves in different areas because we're looking for extra teachings or extra teachers. Because we're looking for extra doings and extra deeds. And because we're looking for extra signs and we miss out on the wonder of God's ability in the middle of what looks like inactivity. And Jesus begins to redirect his mind. I'm grateful that Jesus is amazing. He's patient. And he begins to say to this man, he said, Jesus answered the setting, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And all of us have seen this over time. And many of us just believe he's saying to us believers that we cannot see the kingdom of God. But can I propose to you, he wasn't just speaking to believers, to people generally. Human beings generally, I believe, was also instructing Nicodemus here, saying, Nicodemus, the reason you cannot see the kingdom, the reason you cannot access the weight and the glory and the grandeur of this kingdom is that you are seen as a carnal man. You are seen as fallen man. You are not seen truly as you should. You are not seen because you are not born again. And because you are not born again, you cannot see through the eyes of of God. And so one of the major things, watch this, about the new birth is that the new birth gives access to greater revelation. Do you know that even fallen man, a part of fallen man acknowledges that there's a God somewhere. A part of fallen man, Romans 2 teaches us that, Romans 1 and 2 teaches us that. He says that so that man is without excuse because the invisible acts of God are seen through creation. They are seen in creation. But when we become born again, we can see layers and levels, dimensions, doses, aspects, angles, perspectives of the kingdom. And Nicodemus was so short-sighted. And there are many of us believers who are still short-sighted today. We are not walking yet in the full power of identity. Jesus was walking in the full power of his identity. The word says in Matthew chapter 4, the one who was baptized by John the Baptist, 
coming out. What happened was the Spirit of God descended upon like a dove. The heavens were open, open and God said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That was the part of his identity. What did he do? What was that thing that Jesus did? It didn't start with the doing. It started with the being. So our identity ensures that the first thing we're pursuing is not doing. The first thing we're pursuing is being. Who do I be? Not what do I do first. But who do I be? Because the part to do is rooted in my being. As a matter of fact, we are not called human doings. We are called human beings. Human beings. We are... Type in the comment box who you be, who you be, who you be, who you be. Who you be. <laughs> Jesus walked in that. But there was that affirmation. You are my beloved son. Now for many of us who are uh, not Jews and who don't speak Greek and understand the roots in which the original texts were written. We might struggle to, to interpret what sonship is. But let me just give you an idea of what the sonship, the sonship of Jesus and your sonship in Jesus means. That sonship speaks about the full identity of the father being manifested in another. Now, till today, most Jewish companies, not all, but many Jewish companies, especially the traditional Jewish companies, they usually have Abrahamovich and sons, Abraham and sons, David's son, David and sons, because they saw it as a continuum. So the son in the Jewish lineage was supposed to continue or extend the attributes, the nature of the father to another space, to another generation. So as a son of God, what God expects of you is that you extend that nature and that possibility and that power to another phase and to another generation. That's why Jesus said, as long as I'm in this world, John chapter 9 verse 5, I am the light of the world. But in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14, it says, you are the light of the world. Come on somebody. In other words, Jesus was saying, the same way I'm a son of the Father, you're a son of the Father. The same way I'm light, you are light. Come on. And the same way God is light, you are an expression, an extension, a manifestation of that same light. Come on, somebody give God praise right now. So Nicodemus was fixated on the doing. And Jesus said, it is not about the doing. It says, you must be born again. You must be born again. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and, and be born? And Jesus most assuredly said, unless one is born of water and of spirit. The first time you were born, you were born of the womb of a woman. The next time you are born, you are born out of the womb of God. Now when we say the womb of God, don't, don't think about a physical womb. Think about a chamber of reproduction. You were born out of God's reproductive chamber. I, I, I wish somebody would break out in the Holy Ghost and just pray in tongues based on that understanding. Do you know where you come from? Your state of origin, your real state of origin is not Anambra or Enugu State or New York, come on, or Nebraska. Your true state, oh my God, is the womb of God, the womb of the Spirit of God. You were born of God, not of silver or gold, but of the incorruptible seed of, of God, the word of God. 
that's where you're from. So you have a different nature. Jesus said, if you're born of water and of spirit, except you're born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. So Jesus is establishing now two different identities. So there are two different groups of people in the world today. Flesh people and spirit people. Flesh men and spirit men. Are you seeing this now? Flesh beings and spirit beings. When you become born again, you see born again is not a spiritual degree like BA, Bachelor of Arts, BA, born again. When you, be, it's, <laughs> when you become born again, what it means is that your new nature hi-ya, is from that which you are born of. And because you are born of God, your new nature is of God. Now, we're talking about we we're talking about the blood last week, shedding of blood and all of that. You know something? What it is that a, a woman gives birth, that there is blood and water that is shed. And so what happens is, the shed blood of Jesus, Mako Yabataka, was presented, Maluasi, for your birth. You are born again by the grace of God through the shedding of the blood of Jesus. Let me show you something real quick. Come back to John chapter 3. But if you go real quick to the book of Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is justified just as if I had never just as if I never seen, just as if I never fornicated, just as if I never stolen, just as if I never killed somebody, just as if I had never justified. It says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through who also we have what access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. He says we have access. By faith. We have access by faith. Come on, someone say, I have access by faith. Say that louder, say that louder, I have access by faith. Or oh, shout it louder. Oh, yakata. Say, I have access by faith. Now, many of us are on lockdown in different parts of the world. What it means is that you can't just get out of your car or get out of your house and drive around. Those of you have stories, you've tried to drive around and then, you know, you're apprehended or you're arrested or you're stopped by security men and all of that. But you know, one of my friends sent me something recently. He sent me an access to be able to move around. Now, that access, I didn't buy it. That access, I didn't, oh my, yakata. I didn't pay for it. That access was given to me. Now, I've not used it yet. <laughs> my belief is authentic because he, he's used this access. Now, when I go out, because I have access, somebody say, I have access. When I go out because I have access, if a policeman tries to stop me, I will say this is my access that has been given to me. It's been stamped by the federal government of Nigeria. And therefore, every security system, every delay and detour has to give way because I have access. What Jesus was saying to Nicodemus is that when you are born of the Spirit, you are given access to the kingdom of God. So when guilt wants to stop you, you will say, get out of my way, guilt, I have access. When shame wants to stop you, you say, get out of my way, shame, I have access. When disease wants to stop you, you say, get out of my way, disease, I have access. Somebody shout, I have access. 
I didn't hear you shouting. I didn't hear you hollering. I didn't hear you typing, clicking, clicking. I have access. I have access to the greatest throne ever. I have access to that which God has made provision for me. I have access to that which God has provided for me. I have access into the holies of holies, Palakoya. I have access into the secret things of God. I have access into the depths of God. I have access into the will of God. Somebody shout ID supernatural. I have access. So Jesus was saying to Nicodemus, flesh people will be restricted. It's almost like a party. Like a party, go to a party and there are bouncers at the door. And before you are admitted into, and Jesus uses the, the parable of the feast and how if people were not well dressed, they couldn't enter into the feast. It says that if somebody sneaks into the feast and is still wearing the old clothes, I'll come to that shortly, still wearing the old clothes, when the inspectors come around, they will say, who allowed you into this place? Because people who are filled with flesh cannot operate in the diverse manifestations of the kingdom of God. It says that that person is going to be bundled and cast out. But that's not your story or your portion in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, I have access. Now, in many highbrow events, you have regular access. And then you have VIP. Then you have VVIP. And then you have uh, all access or backstage pass. Ah, yeah. I feel the glory of God. And the regular people, people with the regular access, they couldn't go to the space with a VIP. Those with a VIP access, they couldn't go to the VVIP. Those with a VVIP may not be allowed to certain places and they don't have the backstage pass. Well, when the blood of Jesus was shed for you and when you were gifted with a new nature and a new identity, God didn't give you a regular badge. God didn't just give you a VIP badge. VIP is very important personality. He didn't just give you a VVIP, very, very important personality. He gave you backstage pass. In other words, you can get where the action is. You can do deals with God in the spirit according to his word. That's why he said, command ye me concerning the works of my hands. That's why he says, come, let us reason together. You are not just an attendee who cannot influence what's going on on the scenes of your life. You are a partner with God. You are a co-laborer with Christ. You have access. Why? Because you are not born of the flesh. You are born of the spirit. You don't have to be hesitant, tentative, worried, anxious, wondering, can I come close? Let's draw near because we have access. Somebody shout aloud to have access. I have access. I have access. He says, having been justified. In other words, no trepidation, no hesitation. We talked about the blood last week. Redemption. My conscience is purged. Guilt is taken away. He says, we have peace with God. Another way to say it is, I'm cool with God. Hey, and God is cool with me. No issues. No tension. No friction, no damnation, no condemnation, no irritation, no agitation. God is cool with me. I have access. It says, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Let me explain that further for you. If you go to Romans chapter 3, Romans chapter 3, somebody say, ID supernatural. What ID have you got? Supernatural ID. What ID have you got? Revelation, sorry, Romans chapter 3 from verse 21. Romans 3 from verse 21. He says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, 
Even the righteousness of God, how is the righteousness of God demonstrated? Through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. So this access is not based on your IQ. How many of you are grateful that you're not given a new nature based on your IQ? But guess what? The new nature can improve your IQ because now you have access not only to forgiveness, but also to divine intelligence. That's why it says, my spirit will guide you into all truth. Watch this. It's good to be gifted. Many of us are kings. We are blessed and gifted. In fact, everybody are kings is gifted in one way or the other. Remarkably so. But guess what? It's better to be guided than to be gifted. It's better to be guided by the spirit than just to be gifted in your human constitution. So it's not just okay for us to be gifted, we have to be guided. And when we are guided, we can enter into places that our gifts couldn't take us into. Somebody shout, I'm guided because I have access. It says, even the rights of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Whom God... See that word justification again? Just as if I never... In other words, come as if nothing ever happened. It says, Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness... Because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. To demonstrate, all, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So the very first benefit of our new nature in God, the very first benefit is access. Somebody say, I have access. That's the very, let me give you one more scripture and then I'll go to another part. Go real quick with me to the book of Hebrews. Book of Hebrews, Bato Yasha. I have access. Hebrews chapter 4. And this is what it says from verse 14. Seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You are not a beggar anymore. In fact, there is Agumaya. You are not a beggar anymore. When you come to Jesus Christ, he ha- look at this. If he has shed his blood for you, what will he not do for you? What will he not give to you? You have access. Don't come with fear. Don't come with trepidation. Don't come doubting. You have access. Come and somebody give God praise and glory in the name of Jesus. Access. John chapter 3, our primary text for today. Look at what Jesus said to him. He says, Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Verse 8, 8. The wind blows wherever it wishes. And you hear the sound of it. But cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. In other words, 
Your new birth is superior to your natural gifting. Your new birth is superior to your personality. Your new birth is superior to your temperament. I know some people say I'm melancholy, I'm, I'm choleric, I'm, I'm sanguine, I'm, I'm phlegmatic. Well, let me tell you I'm Christaholic. Well, let me tell you I'm Christ-centric. Let me tell you I'm Christocentric. Let me tell you I'm wrapped in Christ. I am in Christ. I live in Christ. I move in Christ. If you're trying to find the core of my core of my core of my core, it's Christ at the center. Have you ever taken those chocolate bars before? Well, when you taste the chocolate on the outside, maybe some nuts on the outside, and you crack through all of that, deep-seated in the middle of the chocolate, and sorry if I'm tempting you, is sweet and soft forge on the inside. At the core of the believer is the sweetness of the grace of God in Christ. So yes, of course, your soul may have a personality that is more inclined to be sanguine or choleric or melancholy, but at the heart of who you are is Christ. And at best, those temperaments as defined by psychologists should be conduits and access points for the Christ you carry to manifest himself through your peculiarities. Come on, somebody shout, I have access. Because I'm one with Christ. It says the wind blows. Have you known something about the wind? That the wind has access. That somebody can have their gilly, their head tied, tied, or their heart in place. And if the wind is furious enough, it blows into that. Have you seen furious winds shatter glasses before? Have you seen that prison bars cannot stop winds? Have you seen that doors can be lifted? Have you seen videos of a tree being moved by a wind? The Bible says that the believer, the believer is like a wind. He said everyone who's born of the Spirit of God is like a wind. You have access. Somebody shout, I have access. The second thing about your new identity is that you have the abilities of God. You have the nature of God. Let's go real quick to Titus. I'm not talking about <laughs> I'm not talking about the fish right now. I'm talking about Titus. Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. If you go all the way to verse 3, it says, For we ourselves were also once foolish disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures. So we're servants before and we're, we're slaves to sin before. In our own nature, we were driven by our appetites, our affections, our longings, our cravings, our tendencies, our proclivities. We were driven by that. He said that was before. Somebody say that was then. Somebody say louder that was then. I used to be angry. That was then. Oh, I used to watch porn. That was then. I used to steal. That was then. I used to manipulate people. That was then. I used to be a witch. That was then. I used to be a murderer. That was then. Come on, type it. Type in the comment box. That was then. Those were the days of ignorance. Those were the days when I didn't know better. Those were the days when things could sway me. But now I know who I am. I'm anchored in Christ and Christ is 
is in me and not overcoming temptation by my own willpower, but he's pulling me over by his will and his power. Come on, somebody. Titus, he says, back then we used to serve various lusts and pleasures and we were living in malice and in envy. He says we were hateful and hating one another, of course, because we had no love in ourselves because God was not living in our hearts. All we had was hatred because nobody is actually capable of giving love until they have met the one who is love himself. And 1 John 4, 16, 17, 18, 1 John 4, 7, 1 John 3, 16, they all tell me that God is love. Behold, what manner of love the Father has given to us that we shall be called the sons of God. So we're hateful and we hated one another back then. But verse 4 says, but when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior toward man, appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. How? Through the washing, watch this, of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us. How? Abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified, see that word again, justified by his grace, we should become what? Heirs, according to the hope of eternal life. So one of the things that we have now in our new nature is God's ability. How do I know? Because the word says that his mercy saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. What's regeneration? Break down the word. Regeneration. Regene iteration. What does that mean? What is gene? Gene means seed. If you've been with me for at least a year, you've had me explain this before, but for good measure, gene. Gene means seed. It means seed. So Genesis is the building of the seed, the initiation of the story, the Bible story, the beginning of beginnings. Now, when you talk about the genes of a person, it encapsulates the attributes and the abilities of the person. So when the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, that God saved us according to his mercy by the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, he's saying that when I'm born of the Spirit of God, I have a new gene. I have a new gene. You know, they'll be like, this thing runs in my family. What this runs in your family? Oh, we talk a lot in my family. Oh, we're angry in our family. Oh, we have uh, evil genes in our family. Well, let me tell you that you have a new family, that you have new genes, that you have new attributes, that you have new technicals, that you have new practice, and you have the ability of God by the Spirit. Have you noticed? That there are certain families where people are so good in mathematics. There are some certain families where people are so brilliant in lawn tennis or table tennis or in gaming. Come and tell me what you're good, good at in your family. People in my family, they are good at spiritual things. We're spiritual people, we're intelligent people, academically astute people. It runs in my natural family. But blessed be God, whether you have good things or not that you've identified in your family, guess what? You have a new family. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit recommends constructed your genes 
your genes are they tell the story of your possibility and because I have the genes of God I have the possibilities by God this explains why when it was that Jesus was walking on water and the disciples were afraid they were scared Jesus said don't worry it is I we don't have fear in our family while Peter said if you are the one tell me to come what did Jesus do Jesus put in him the seed of faith what's the seed of faith the word of God for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God when Peter heard the word come he was moving according to that gene and as long as he was walking in the consciousness of that divine ability he could do exactly what Jesus was doing he could function at the ability or rather at the possibility of his identity let me tell you something how your abilities unlocked in the spirit is consciousness the consciousness by faith that if God says I am the head and not the tail I believe it if God says I am an overcomer I believe it if God says I will not die but I live to declare the glory of God it does not matter whether there is COVID or any other cold they will be cancelled because I am filled with the ability of God somebody give God praise where you are the regeneration and it says that this Holy Spirit God has poured out on us abundantly abundantly you know one of the things that the Bible uses the, or uses to emblemize the Holy Spirit is water we see that in John 7 36 through 39 on the last day the greatest day of the feast Jesus lifted up his voice and said if anyone is thirsty let him come to me and drink for out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water Ephesians 5 18 tells us not the drunken wine wearing his excess, but the being filled by the Spirit of God. The Bible makes it very clear to us that the Holy Spirit is like a river. There's a river that makes glad the city of God. So we see the streams of the Spirit is like fluid, is like water, is like rain. Isaiah 32 15 until the spirit is poured forth upon us from on high then the wilderness is going to become a fruitful field and the fruitful field will become a great forest so the Holy Spirit is like water now can you think about how important water is to the whole world today can you think about the fact that guess what you want to brush your mouth you need water you want to cook your food you need water you want to get clean you need water apart from those daily things do you know that water is used to generate power. That water can be used to swim. Watch this. Water can you can swim in water, or water can become steam that drives the engine. And there are many of us as believers. The only abilities of the Holy Ghost we've seen is daily sustenance, to daily have your bath for daily consecration. But do you know that there's enough power in the Holy Ghost to drive the engine of your life, the engine of the ministry is called into seven, the engine of your generation, that the same water that you use to just brush your mouth can be used to cook food for a whole generation. In other words, it's a metaphor and an illustration that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can feed a generation with the bread of the word of God, with a we can purge a generation with revival streams and fire. Can somebody open up their mouth wherever you are right now and just pray in the Holy Ghost? Wherever you are, can you just pray in the Spirit? Make it intense. Make it hot. You will no longer just only a super candy walk in the Spirit for daily maintenance and daily sustenance, but you unlock the ability of God in your generation for exploits and for signs and wonders. He says, put the Holy Spirit abundantly upon us. Let me show you another one. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Many of us know this. 
Romans chapter 5 verse 5. Don't love with kings, you know this. It says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So don't forget we have access by virtue of our new identity. Number two, we have what? Ability. The same way Jesus healed, we heal. Oh, in fact, this ought to be your assignment this week. You're going to look for somebody who's sick online or somebody that is maybe in your house and some feeling weary. Pray for the person. You have that ability. In fact, sometimes you're feeling weak and you feel tired and waiting for someone to pray for you. Lay hands on your head and proclaim, You are filled with the spirit of life. You are strong in the name of Jesus. You have divine ability. Somebody type in the comment box, I have divine ability. I have the genes of God. I have the nature of God. I have divine ability. If I'm an Apple device, I can do what Apple devices do. If I'm a Microsoft device, I can do what Microsoft devices do. If I'm Microsoft software, I can do what Microsoft software do. If I'm born of God, I can do what those who are born of God do. Peter's shadow, come on somebody, was healing people. Get this right. Peter's shadow was healing people. The power was not my God. In Peter himself, it was the power of the Holy Spirit. But because Peter had surrendered himself, the ability of God was flowing through him. I believe God that we're going to see and unlock the ability of God like never before as we tap into the power of our new identity. Guess what? The blood of Jesus was not shed for you to live an ordinary life. Hear me again. The blood of Jesus was not shed for you to live a normal life, a boring life, a predictable life, uh, a calculated life. The blood of Jesus was shed for you to unleash the life of God. That's the value that God places on you and God says I'm unlocking something inside from the inside of you somebody shout I have ability number three you ready for this number three my new nature gives me authority so number one I have access number two I have ability number three I have authority I have authority Luke chapter 10 when you read 18 19 he says I saw the devil fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you power. I've not loaned you power. I've not borrowed you power. I give you power. It says, oh yes, in my name. Oh, you step upon, trample upon snakes and scorpions and every power of the enemy and they shall by no means harm you. I want to read that to you in a couple of verses so that you see how powerful that is. I said, don't fall like men from heaven. I already quoted that. Let me read to you in the Amplified, in the Amplified, Luke chapter 10. Verse 18, he said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, when you see a flash of lightning, it happens like, you know what that means? The when, when God sent the devil packing because of his rebellion from heaven, it happened like this. It happened in a flash. It happened in a flash of lightning. As you begin to tap into your divine authority, and you make 
declarations from a place of conviction, a place of justification, a place of faith, you make that declaration, long-standing problems are going to fall in a flash of lightning. Long-standing delays will melt in a flash of lightning. Long-standing challenges will disintegrate in a flash of lightning. Look at what Jesus said. Listen carefully. He's saying to them, listen carefully. I have given you authority. He says that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will in any way harm you. Somebody say, I cannot be harmed. I have a new nature. I cannot be harmed. I have a new identity. I cannot be harmed. I'm operating at a plane that is higher than the plane of the enemy. Watch what the Bible does not say. He didn't say you will try to wrestle him down. What he said was this. He said, I, you will stamp upon him. You will tread upon him. But somebody says, well, Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And he explains how those powers work. He says they are in thoughts. They are in imaginations. They are in wicked uh, astral experiences. So what do you do? You cast them down in the name of Jesus. You pull down strongholds and you step on it. Somebody shout, I'm stepping on it. I'm stepping on the nightmares. I'm stepping on the bad dreams. I'm stepping on the heart palpitations. I'm stepping on the sleeplessness. I'm stepping on the anorexia, the insomnia, the psychological psychological diseases and disturbances. I'm stepping on it. Somebody shout, I have a new identity. I step on it. I step on the manipulative words of the enemy. I step on the works of wicked. I step on everything the enemy is bringing in my space. Verse 20 says, Nevertheless, no rejoice at this, that the Spirit is subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. In other words, this is first about being than it is than, than before you talk about doing. Let me show you another one. Contemporary classic edition of Amplified. Look at what it says. And he said to them, I saw Satan falling like a lightning flash from heaven. Verse 19, behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions. And look at what it says, the physical and mental strength and ability over all the power. This ties into what I was saying before, because for many of us, the real battle, you know what many of us think? We think that the real battle is this demon, this disease, this... No, no, The real battle is the way you are thinking about that demon. The real battle is the way you are thinking about that disease. In your mind, you think this disease is too difficult. That thought is the real enemy. Is somebody getting this? That thought... That, oh, my family is going to die poor. I'm going to die childless. Or I will not fulfill my ministry. I'll always be intimidated. I'll always be this, that, and the other. That thought, God says, I've given you power and authority over it. Because you have a new nature. This is physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses. And nothing shall in any way harm you. Look at somebody say, you can't hand me. Message somebody. Put in the group right now. Put in the group chat. Put in, in the chat, in the comment box. Nothing can hand me. Nothing can hand me. I'm, I'm getting ready to wind into a crescendo, but somebody shout nothing. 
nothing. No disease, no juju, no voodoo, no manipulation, no uh, demonic strongholds, no occult, uh, no Santa the Santa that, Santa this, Santa that. Nothing from North Africa, West Africa, South America, uh, the Orient. Nothing will by any means harm me, no arrow that flies by day, no manipulation by night, no pestilence in the season, no plague will touch me because I have a new identity. Somebody shout, I have a new identity. Let me read it from another one. Uh, Leaving Bible, because you, you have to get this. Lord, help me, help me, help me, Lord. Let's look at what the Message Bible says. <clears throat> it says, Jesus said, verse 17, The 70 came back triumphant. Master, even the demons danced to your tune. Are you seeing this? Even the demons danced to the tune of Jesus. Do you know what Jesus said? This, this is giving me some goosebumps right now. Do you know what Jesus said? This is the message Bible. Jesus said, I know. Hey! The disciples were thrilled. They were tripped. They said, Jesus, even the demons, they dance to your tune. Do you know what Jesus said? He said, I know. I know. Do you know what Jesus, why Jesus knew? He said, I saw Satan fall. A bolt of lightning out of the sky. See what I've given you? Can you see what I've given you in this new identity? How come we struggle to believe in the supernatural? When we watch, we watch Superman and we see this man who's supposed to be a journalist or a good looking guy by day and in a flash he transforms into something and his cape is there and is able to fly. Why do you struggle to believe that in the middle of dark times your brightest moments can emerge? Jesus was saying to the disciples, do you see what I've given you? Can you see the practical dimension of it? Because many of us, we've been listening to the word and it's become theoretical to us. But I challenge you this week that as you listen to this word and you go back to the other messages of redemption and the blood and the power of the presence, you look out for practical ways because you don't really get to understand authority until you exercise it. You don't make the most of authority by studying authority. You make the most of authority by exercising authority. When you feel funny in the house, speak the word. When you wake up with a nightmare, speak the word. When things are falling apart, speak the word. When it looks like your account is running dry, speak to it. When it looks like your relationship is going topsy-topsy, speak to it. Jesus spoke to trees. Jesus spoke to mountains. Jesus spoke to things. And Jesus said, do you see what I've given you? Look at what it says. Save passage as you walk on snakes and scorpions save passage i don't know who i'm talking to but you're in a snaky environment people are slithery and serpentine you're from a snaky family background but god said i've given you safe passage as you walk on snakes and scorpions he said and protection from every assault of the enemy somebody shout id super somebody shout id supernatural somebody holler id 
ID supernatural. That's my identity. That's my nature. That's my capacity. That's my new experience. I walk safely. Yakaya. I belong to the other and the tribe of those who walk on snakes for breakfast, who walk on scorpions for lunch, who soar and no evil befalls them. I've got the supernatural. I've got the supernatural. I've got the supernatural. And this supernatural, why do we call it supernatural? By the way, you will not find the word supernatural in the Bible, particularly in the KJV and KJV. You won't find the word supernatural there. When we say supernatural, we're saying beyond the natural. It is superior to the natural. So if your life is entirely natural all the time, you make money naturally all the time, you get well naturally all the time, your relationship works only naturally all the time, you are not tapping into the nature, into the benefits of your new identity, because how can you be born of the spirit and live exactly like somebody who's born of the flesh? How can you be born of the spirit and live exactly like somebody who's born in the flesh or born off the flesh? How can you be raised in a third world country and live exactly like somebody who is from the royal family, the British royal family? There is a mismatch there. Many of us, we are of the royal family in Revelation, but we are living like we're in the third world in manifestation. But somebody shout, not anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. Scratching, living from, from hand to mouth. Because the Bible says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Guess what? I have access to the father so why am i running from pillar to post after this person and that person can you not unlock the treasures you have on the inside of you you have been given access you have been given ability you have been given authority somebody shout id super one more passage and i'll begin to wind it to a close but let me let me finish reading this message bible it's a safe passage as you walk on snakes and scorpions and protection from every assault of the enemy. No one can put a hand on you. All the same, the great triumph is not in your authority over evil, but in God's authority over you and presence with you. Not what you do for God, but what God does for you. That's the agenda for rejoicing. The power of this is that if you are a prince, the royal guard of your father is at your disposal waiting for you to say something. And part of your authority is being able to activate the ministry of angels. I, I wish I had enough time to talk about angels. But one of the things that you have, let, let me show you. Let's go real quick. Two passages. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Let's go to Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1. If you have a Bible, go there. If you don't have a Bible, read it as it's posted in the comment box right now. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The Bible says, Hebrews chapter 1, from verse 8, But he says to the Son, he says to Jesus Christ the Son, You are God and on the throne for good. Your rule makes everything right. My wife says, I usually say this, that if everybody just does things the way God ordained it, there will be very little trouble, if, no, if any at all, in the world. So the greater the damage you feel, the turmoil you feel in your heart, maybe that's an indication of you straight from the way God 
has ordained things. It says you are God on the throne for good. Your rule makes everything right. You love it when things are right. You hate it when things are wrong. That is why God, your God, poured fragrant oil in your head, making you out as kings. Talking about the eternal kingship of Jesus. Far above your dear companions and again to the sun, you, master, started it all, laid its foundations, then crafted the stars in the sky. Earth and sky will wear out, but not you. They will become threadbare like an old coat. You will fold them up like a one-hour cloak and lay them away on the shelf, but you stay the same year after year. You will never fade. You will never wear out. And did he ever say anything like this to an angel? Sit alongside me here on my throne until I make your enemies a footstool. Verse 14. Isn't it obvious that all angels are sent to help out with those lined up to receive salvation? Let me read it to you in the NKJV real quick. And then one more passage. And we'll close. Type in the comment box, ID Supernatural. ID Supernatural. Hebrews 1, 13. But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? So when you pray, say, Lord God, I thank you because angels have been dispatched over this matter. Lord, I thank you because angels, the, the mount guard, they keep watch over me. So I will not dash my foot against the stone. Thank you, Lord, that I will not stumble because I enjoy the ministry of the angelic. I thank you, God, for an activation of the spirit of angels. We see that through the Bible that as believers were praying, angels went into operation. When you pray from a place of authority and conviction, also realize that you are not alone in the battle and that angels are being deployed for you finally let's go to the book of matthew and many of us know this one thank you thank you jesus mm, mark chapter 16 let's do mark chapter 16 thank you father from verse 14. Later he appeared. Let me take from verse 15. Mark 16 from verse 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Have you seen certain things throughout the night? We've spoken about justification throughout throughout the message. Justification. We've spoken about faith. Nicodemus was saying, you know, how can I go back into my mother's womb? Jesus is saying it's not of works, it's not what you do, it's what God does. He's saying you have to be born of the water and of spirit. Now watch this, in the birthing process, in natural birthing process, the baby does not birth itself. It is the mother that births the baby. In the spiritual birth process, the believer does not birth himself. It is God that births the believer by the spirit. So it says, now when you go into all the world, all creatures, it says, anybody that believes and is baptized will be saved, person does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. Nicodemus, the, those who believe will not follow the signs. But these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, what will they do? Cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Lord, help me. He says, in my name, they will cast out demons. One, they will speak with new tongues. Two, they will take up serpents. Three, if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Four, 
they, they will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So there were four things that we see here. It says, these are the signs that will follow them. They'll cast out demons. One, they'll speak with new tongues. Two, take up serpents, uh, drink anything. They will take up serpents. Three, drink anything deadly to not harm them. Four, they will lay hands and seek. They'll recover. Five, actually. Now, look at this. Out of this five, let me ask you, which one have you been doing? Out of this five. For many believers, particularly in this generation, they've been doing just one of this, which is speaking in tongues. The other thing that many people are doing is that they're laying hands on the sick. That's two. And then the rest, casting out demons, drinking deadly thing, and then not being poisoned, uh, speaking, uh, help, help me, taking up serpents. Many of us feel, oh, this is for the extraordinary people. Well, I come to announce to you today, you are the extraordinary people. You are the extraordinary person. The Bible says that you're a chosen generation, a peculiar people. That means you are of the order of those that will take poison and the poison will not disintegrate their system. Why? Because you are from another world. You're from another place. You are supernatural. I'm getting ready to close right now with a preaching anointing. If you know you're supernatural, slap yourself a high five and shout, I am supernatural. Shout aloud, I'm supernatural. I dare you this week to begin to do more than just speaking in tongues. I'm not despising speaking in tongues, but if Jesus gives me five signs why am i staying on just one if jesus gave me five signs why am i comfortable with just one if jesus says i can lay hands on the sick why am i waiting for prophets this apostle that evangelist this reverend this that and the other for my brother to be healed and my sister to be rescued i am a believer and this signs follow me they follow me at home they follow me at work they follow me on the train they follow me on the plane i am a carrier of that life come on somebody begin to pray the Holy Ghost right now. And so Nicodemus, God said, except you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Say so you're born of water and the spirit. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God. But if you are born again, that means you can see the kingdom of God. If you are born of water and of spirit, that means you can enter. You have access in the name of Jesus Christ. You have ability in the name of Jesus Christ. And you have authority. And this week, you must begin to activate it. You begin to activate it. Let me give you an example of what people have done in your lineage who had access. One man by the name of Elisha, he was able to access the information that was going on in a different city. Somebody shout access. He was able to do that. Somebody shout access. Well, let me tell you another person in the lineage, Esther. She was an orphan, knew nobody apart from her uncle, Mordecai, her cousin Mordecai. But God, by the supernatural favor, planted her in the palace of the king. Somebody shout access. You might not know certain people there, but because you know the one who knows the one there. There was Jesus the Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You have access. Well, not only do you have access. I could go on and on. You also have ability. Let me talk about access a little bit. Paul was in prison many times, but he entered into prison, into palaces, more than people who never walked into prison. Somebody shout access. But I'm not just talking about access to earthly environment. I'm talking about access to the mind of God. Access to the heart of God. For the Bible says, no man knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit that be in him. Somebody shout, I have access. 
Number two, I have ability. The Bible says in the uh, Bible text uh, about the hall of faith uh, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. The Bible says uh, that this people, they were thrown into fire and they were not burned. That by faith, the conquered cities. Uh, by faith, uh, they received their children back to life. Uh, by faith, they were able to enter into places. Uh, by faith, uh, they were able to overcome the stopped the mouth of liars by faith the two cities and the cost walls to crumble by faith oh yes somebody shout ID supernatural the power of my real identity what God came to do was not just to accessorize me with speaking in tongues accessorize me with goosebumps in a miracle service or Holy Ghost meeting he came to change my new nature he came to change me from the inside out he came to change me and not only do I have ability I have authority I'm licensed with authority I'm equipped with authority I'm endowed with authority I'm laced with authority I'm not a renegade person and I've not gone rogue I have the license to use the power that God has given me somebody shout yeah Yes. Somebody shout, yeah, 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 yes. Somebody holler, somebody scream. I have authority. I have authority. I have authority. You have authority over that issue. You have authority over that challenge. You have authority over that temptation. You have, the, you have authority. <laughs> the authority over that temptation. You have the authority to flee every appearance of evil. Come on, somebody. You have authority to speak against that invasion in your dreams at night. The steps you hear, the footsteps you hear when you're walking at it, well, you have authority to tell that thing. You sleep, you wake up, they're maxing your body, you have authority to say this far, no further, don't ever try that again. Don't ever try that again. You know what the Bible says? Demons dance to the tune of Jesus. We read that earlier. And you have authority. We've been learning a lot about the power of the blood of Jesus. We've been learning a lot about the power of redemption. We've been learning a lot about the power of God's presence. We're still going to learn many things about the power of the Spirit, about the power of the name of Jesus, about the power of the Word of God. But this week, your assignment is deploy that authority because you have the power of a new nature, of a new identity. Nicodemus didn't have it. Jesus had it. And in school, he said, if you're born again, you have access. You have access and you can do marvelous things. Like Batman flies and, you know, Marvel comics, you've seen all those things. That's because man knows that there is more to this world than what eyes can do, what eyes can see, and what natural humans can do. So they create their superheroes. Well, we have our superhero, the only real superhero, Jesus Christ. And guess what? He lives in us. And so we must deploy that authority. I dare you this week. Go to Mark 16 and verse 15 and say, I want to take up all of this. Now, when the Bible says they'll take up serpents, this actually was speaking of literal serpents. But for you, you might not have a literal serpent, but there might be a serpentine agenda in your generation. There might be a serpentine tendency in your family. There might be a serpentine spirit in your house. Take it up and take it by its head and squeeze it in the name of Jesus Christ. You will not torment my mother anymore. You will not afflict my wife anymore. You will not afflict my children anymore. You will not oppress 
me and more. I bind you, devil. I bind you. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves to the Lord. Rebuke the devil and he will flee from you. He will dance to your tune. The reason the enemy is comfortable around you is that you have made yourself comfortable with that enemy. Any enemy you will become comfortable with will become comfortable with you. When was the last time you rebuked demon spirits? When was the last time you said every unclean spirit of lust I command it to get out? Because many times you're trying to manage temptation and you think it's just a temptation. But sometimes what it is is not just the craving of the flesh. There is a spirit of lust over the atmosphere of your life and you need to rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. Sometimes you think it's just the economy. The economy is tough. But it's a spirit of impoverishment, the spirit of lack that is trying to attack you and you become comfortable with it. Whatever you become so comfortable with, you lose the power to command and conquer. So you must say to yourself this week, I refuse to be comfortable with anything that Christ's blood was not shed for. I refuse to be comfortable with anything that Jesus did not allow in his space. Jesus did not allow sickness in his space. He did not allow Manipulation in this place says the devil had nothing in me. The prince of this world cometh, but he has nothing in me. I want us to pray right now. Can you just pray in the Holy Ghost wherever you are? Let's stir it up. We're going to do this for a few minutes. Stir up the ability of God. Stir up the ability of God. Stir up the ability of God. Don't forget impartation. Is a sign of the trigger of the ability of God. The gifts of the Spirit are endowments of the ability of God. That's how come you can know things nobody taught you. That's supernatural. That's how come you can prophesy you can speak about a season you have not lived in that's supernatural that's how come you have uncommon wisdom word of wisdom that's supernatural stir it up it's gone to sleep in many of you I see it in the spirit but if you stir it up something shifting right now I wish you could pray louder I wish you could pray stronger it's okay for you to drop the device and walk away from it put the phone on speaker and pray in the Holy Ghost in that room right now pray in the Holy Ghost in that bedroom in that living room in that sitting room in that waiting room right now come on somebody stir it up if you're with your wife can you hold hands with your wife and pray if you're with your children can you lay hands on your children and pray can you lay hands on yourself and pray if you have a flatmate or a housemate can you pray with them right now stir up the gift of God I'm tired of living an ordinary life if everything in your life is traceable to the natural that means you are not operating in the supernatural if every result in your life is man-made and man-inspired and man-triggered and man-encouraged, then where is the place of the Holy Spirit? For the Bible says that you are born of the Spirit and that which is born of the Spirit is of the Spirit. It says that the wind blows wherever it wishes. It's not restricted because it's governed. But that's why it's everyone who's born, who's led of the Spirit of God. Can you pray in the name of Jesus Christ? My life is supernatural. My marriage is 
supernatural. My finances, yes, sir. Supernatural. Le sombaratakos paradorako. Iratos peredo pariatakoshi. Risatata. Arate kople suratiosu. Hindanove silladobos. Likos paradoka. Hindobosh pelede. Rika kataya. La bossia doboske. Rute kengeleke. Pray, don't get tired. Pray, don't get weary. Pray, don't get familiar. Pray, don't get hulakaika. Don't get tongue tied. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Stir up the gift of God. Lay your hands on yourself and stir up the nature of God. I refuse to die normal. I refuse to live normal. I refuse to walk around normal. I move in the supernatural. I have all like God's abilities, access to the deep things of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. A generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this grown community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org. And send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing. Someone you know needs this. Kindly share this out.